0: Consumer Talk with Wendy Nola. You can join the conversation.
1: Welcome back to the show. Yes, it's that time again for our favourite midweek feature and we're delighted to have consumer specialist Wendy Nola with us for the next hour answering your consumer-related questions and sharing breaking consumer news. A quick reminder that the second half of the hour uh, of the segment is an open line in which you are very welcome to call in on any consumer queries at all. The number to dial is 021-446-0567 or you can send an SMS to 31567 or leave a voice note on 0725671567 if you prefer and this it's now time to say hi wendy welcome to the show and <laughs> hi bianca all the way from durban how are you doing i'm doing well good to be on the show again nice to hear your voice Wendy, it's Back to Basics this week. Uh, What rights do we have to return products that we've bought? And uh, we're doing this today because despite the Consumer Protection Act having been in force for more than seven years, most Mm -hmm. of us are getting the basics totally wrong. Is that right?
2: I'm afraid so. It's consumers and companies um, to to some extent. So earlier this week I was presenting to a group of millennials um, up in Midrand and I asked them, so if you bought a pair of jeans from a shop without trying them on and when you got home you decided that you didn't really like them after all, they didn't fit you all that well, can you take them back for a refund? And almost all of them in the room responded with a very emphatic yes. But that's the wrong answer, isn't it? It's the wrong answer, and it didn't surprise me because um, most people do get that wrong. Um, So here's how it works. We do have a legal right to return something that we've bought for a refund if it develops a defect within six months of purchase. It's that golden CPA six-month warranty on everything we buy. And okay. we get to choose the remedy. So in the past, before CPA, the companies would always, nearly always, choose a, a repair and would only offer something else if uh, they couldn't repair it. Because a repair is the cheapest and easiest op- um, option for yeah. them, right? So now the CPA, if something breaks or becomes effective within six months of purchase, we get to choose. We, the consumer, between a refund, a replacement, or a repair. We don't have to accept a replacement or a repair. So that's a lot of rights, but... We have absolutely zero legal right to return a product that is not defective, a so-called change of heart. So that mm-hmm. in the case of you buy the jeans and you don't like them when you get home. Um, so in other words, there's nothing wrong with the product. The store does not have to take it back at all. They can just say, keep it, go away, much less refund you. But because so many stores will take back these so-called change of heart purchases as a customer service, Um, And in most cases, they offer a credit um, or an exchange rather than a refund. We've got the idea, many consumers, that this is now our legal right rather than a customer service. And it leads to, you know, all sorts of drama. (laughs) Okay, so that (laughs) means that most consumers have got the idea that it's their legal right.
1: Um, And as a result, there must be some rather unpleasant, it's my right to be refunded type scenes, you know, played out
2: at counters mm, all over the country. i've witnessed them myself and almost every day i will get an email from somebody who says dear wendy please will you get involved this company refuses to you know i bought a pair of tackies for my son they don't fit um and they they don't have his size and st- they're offering me an, an exchange, but they don't have his size, and I, he doesn't like anything else. And they're not getting that it's you know this my CPA right to have a ref- to get a refund, and I have to explain, no sorry. It doesn't work like that. An exchange is actually doing you a favor. Um, but on the flip side, Many a retailer continues to deny their customers their CPA right to a refund when products are defective. So I have a a case study. Um, I'm not going to use names, but a pair of shoes which Mr R bought in May this year have since torn on the side um, through no fault of his own. They just it was a weak spot. Um, it's well within the six month uh, CPA warranty period and the supplier has conceded that he didn't abuse the shoes, in other words it was a defect but he's offered um, in his mind magnanimously to exchange them or issue a credit voucher but he's not willing to refund and that's what Mr R wants and Mr R is getting quite emphatic emphatic about it Mm. and now being accused of being abusive I've taken up the case with the supplier just yesterday and I haven't had a response yet so that is a very typical scenario as well unfortunately with your sort of slightly smaller retailer so on that note does it mean i have to keep the box if you know the packaging (sighs) Uh, this is a really tricky question because within that golden i call it golden because it is golden it's the period that we consumers have the most rights that six months period after purchase or after delivery if it's an online purchase Um, if you have it if the product becomes defective Uh, The retailer can't deny you your your right of return for a refund or whatever it is that you want if you don't have the packaging. They will try, but the Consumer Commission has been very emphatic in saying that they may not demand that you have the box or the original packaging before they will honor the warranty. However, I can't say don't keep the box because from month seven, the, the supplier, the manufacturer's warranty kicks in and they will always say, will honor the warranty on condition of um, original packaging and you can't argue with that because there's no legal, nothing legal that applies they will very un, very unlikely for them to give refunds that they're talking about um, repairing or replacing in some cases but so they can say you know no box no no warranty and so unfortunately I can't you know my advice is keep the darn box as big and cumbersome as it is yeah it's, a, it's good advice fortunate I mean
1: not does this? Do these rules change if um, that I've bought the product, say, on sale?
2: Good question. Um, the answer is no. And whether a goods okay. on new or used or on a sale or not, that full CPA warranty applies. Um, but. This doesn't stop quite a few companies from trying to deny people um, their right to return defective products on the ground that they were sale or promotional items. And it's a particularly favorite ploy of direct marketing companies. Those are the companies which approach you in shopping malls to sell you cosmetics or hair irons and the like, health gizmos. in other words, what makes it direct to marketing is that they initiate the sale through approaching you or sending you an SMS or calling you on your sale, that kind of thing, not you. Mm. And in those cases, because you didn't initiate it, the CPA gives you the right to return a product Um, bought as a result of that approach for a refund even if it's not defective so that's the one exception Um, but many of those companies state on their receipts i had a case just this week that goods sold on promotion fall outside of the warranty well they can say that but it's absolutely nonsense Um, it's just their way of denying people their right of return because they so-called discount all their products it's a very easy out uh, and they rely on consumers not knowing you know they fob them off and they rely on consumers not knowing the law um, and it's it's really unfortunate and really annoys me, but there you are it's going to continue and
1: if the item was um custom made uh, what are the, what is what is what are my rights then
2: okay so if you order let's say a a piece of furniture and you give them the specifications and they confirm with you and it's all in writing as it should be or via email yes that's what i want and they go ahead and make it and you um then decide it's not what you when you see it made up even though it's to your specification you don't like it Mm. you don't have a right to say that's defective or not fit for purpose because that's what you ordered but um it has this custom made thing I've noticed has become another fobble for some suppliers. So, um, there was this case that we discussed um, some weeks ago um, with a hairdresser. A woman, she went to this, she'd been going to this hairdresser for years, and she ordered hair extensions from the hairdresser at Christmas time, which, t- two and a half thousand rands worth of them, mm. which turned out to be too heavy and sort of thick for her very fine hair, and they were falling out and whatever, They just looked awful. And so she asked on those grounds for a refund. We got involved and she finally did get her money back um, after this long struggle at the end of last month. But um, when I checked with the the hairdresser, he said, yes, I did refund her, even though those extensions were customized for her. Mm. Well... Yes, you customized them as a professional, but they were still not fit for purpose. She didn't say, give me big, clunky, thick head, heavy extensions that are going to fall out of my hair. So there was a classic misuse of the, well, they were custom made, so I didn't have to refund her. So, yeah, it's, as I say, the returns issue can get very clouded and complicated. But um, so that's why we do these shows to try and, you know, let consumers know what the actual rights are. And what what uh, does fit for purpose mean? Okay, I used it there. Fit for purpose. The Act says that goods must be fit for purpose and free of defects for at least six months, failing which you're entitled to one of those three R's we spoke about, repair, repair, refund, or replacement. But that fit for purpose term does confuse some consumers. (laughs) I once got an email from a chap in Cape Town who'd bought a pair of expensive designer jeans, and then when he got home, he decided that they didn't fit him properly the way he wanted them to, right? Mm. So he went back to the boutique with these perfectly... Um, fine jeans, no defect. And he said they were not fit for purpose because they didn't fit him. <laughs> so, that, mm. not quite what the legislators <laughs> had in mind um, mm. with their fit for purpose thing. Um, but on the flip side of that, just this week, I got an email from a man that read, I purchased him. I have purchased a mattress with a base. I've since discovered that the base of the bed cannot be moved. The legs are such poor quality plastic and break when you move the bed, which is a problem because I need to move the bed every day to make it. It is against a wall, and that is the reality for many people. Is it a reasonable thing, he said, to assume that a bed should be movable? The company now claims that there are no exchanges on the base, only on the mattress. This is fairly common. Do I have any recourse? And He does, right? Of course he does. I mean it is ridiculous to say, you know, to produce a bed, a bed base that cannot be moved without brace, breaking the base of the bed of the leg. So it's a reasonable expectation that a bed sh- uh, should be capable of being pulled out and then pushed back in. That's that's very normal typical treatment of a bed. And so if a bed can't do that without becoming defective, then it's not fit for purpose. Um, and as for no exchanges on the base, that's absolute nonsense. The six-month CPA warranty applies to the whole component, including the poorly made base. Watch people often do this. They'll say there's mm-hmm. no warranty on the face. So it'll get cloudy or there'll something will happen, or the Little switch or something, little I don't know what you call it, the little things we twiddle on it. They say no, that's not covered. They can't pick and choose. The item needs to be non-defective for six months, um, failing which they need to fix it. So, yeah, unfortunately, we could I could go on for another three hours with cases where the CPAs' returns and provisions aren't being honoured. But um, yeah, uh, we just need to handle them and, and confront the companies when it happens. We're chatting to consumer expert uh,
1: Wendy Nola, uh, who we are talking about rights of return. So we would like to hear from you and get your questions. Have you had experiences with uh, returning things? We have a caller who's actually just done that. But for those of you who are wanting to call in, you can call us on 021-446-0567. SMS is to 31567 or WhatsApps to 072-567-1567. We have Dennis on the line from Notehook.
3: Hi, Dennis. Hi, oh, good day to you. Um, I'm, just, I'm having a problem with um, with my cell phone contract with, you know, with uh, Vodacom. They're they invoicing me stuff that I don't use, and I've just passed a credit for over 2,000 rand, and, they, and they're continuing to invoice me for the same thing, and I just want to know how one stops us. Because I'm sure there are plenty of people out there that don't realize they're being invoiced for stuff that, they, that they're not actually even using.
1: Yes,
2: Okay. Happens. Um, sorry, Dennis. Um, what stuff are you talking about? What services well, get, are they? Uh,
3: it's listed on my on my invoice as content services and entertainment uh,
2: services. Okay, so these are what we call WASPs, the wireless application service providers, and yeah. it's a hugely contested issue. Um, we've done a whole show based on them a, a while ago. So, mm. um, what you need to do is. Um, Make sure that you cancel them, first of all. And Vodacom must help you, although there is a self-help. You can do it yourself. I haven't got the numbers offhand. I can quickly look, at, look them up when we break I, for I, news.
3: I phoned Vodacom last month, and they canceled it. And they credited me for two months, which are, over, as I say, in excess of 2,000 rand. Wow. And I've just received my, my invoice now, statement for the new month, and um, they're continuing with the same thing.
2: Okay, that is ridiculous. They need to be cancelled. Um, if you yep. listen just um, shortly after the news, I will give the um, the code that you put into your phone. You can do it as often as you like to check what okay. subscriptions you have, and you can get them off. You can cancel them yourself without having to phone yep. the network. Um, mm-hmm. But if you'd like to send me an email as well, I'd like to know. That's mm-hmm. a, 2,000 rand is excessive. Over what period of time was that? Six months sure Mm. okay so i would like to know what companies those are um Mm. and i'm actually investigating some a case involving two mtn clients for the same thing so i'd like to know who who they are but in the meantime i'll just give you that code i'll look it up during the news and um you can start getting into the habit of you know every day or two just going on there and making sure you don't have a new subscription on there they're an absolute curse yeah. Absolute curse. I mean, they've That's services that people neither want nor need, and they are. A hu- I mean, they're very expensive, as you've discovered.
3: Yeah. I was tentative under as far well I'm concerned,
2: but anyway. Well, I have to agree with you there. Mm. Yeah. So, let's, I'll do my best, Dennis. Thank you, Dennis. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks, Thanks for your call. Job. Yeah, I know those,
1: those extra charges that suddenly pop up. I think a lot of our listeners will benefit from that number if you give it out after the news headlines. But just a quick call before we go to news headlines. Sure. It's Gloria in Durbanville. Hi, Gloria. Welcome to the show. What's your question?
4: Hi. Um, I actually wanted to speak about the bed story mm. because... Um, we did get a bed about three years ago with these um, cups. It's like a cup that fits at the bottom of the base. And, and the cup is made out of like a, quite a soft plastic. Plus the prong that goes in is also plastic. So the minute you push the bed, this thing bends over and just totally be- crumples. And um, anyway, now three months ago, my husband went without me knowing to buy a, 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 a three-quarter bed because we were getting people from Durban and we needed an extra bed. And this bed had exactly the same cups. So the other bed we've replaced with with um, feet that we had to go and buy at Spiros to put in there. And then this one's got the same cups now. And this is a three-quarter bed, same cups, same thing happening. And I, I can't understand. I'm sure that they've had so many complaints about these things, but... Uh, uh, To me, it just doesn't make sense. How do you get a bed with a soft plastic cup that's not going to hold probably not even my weight, never mind a heavier person, you know?
2: I couldn't agree with you more. Um, I'm going to investigate this my beds are, are don't are, are, I'm guessing this is a new thing at uh, in lower end beds that is a cost saving me- measure and yeah. I mean it, to my mind that is not fit for purpose you need it's a it's a as I said earlier it's a it's a very typical behavior you expect yeah. a bed to be able to pull out to be able to be made and you cannot then put feet on it that aren't gonna be able to withstand that. So I'll yeah. definitely be looking looking into that. Yes, for sure.
4: it's ridiculous. I've never ever I said to my husband <laughs> I wouldn't even I'd rather put bricks under the bed.
2: <laughs> Thank, <laughs> you. I Thank you they won't break.
0: Cake talk. Consumer talk. Call us now on O two one double four six oh five six seven
1: if you've just tuned in, uh, you're listening to consumer expert Wendy Nola. Uh, if you have any consumer-related questions, call us on 021-446-0567. Texts to three one eight five six seven, WhatsApps to 0725671567. Uh, Wendy, are we going to the line now? Um, it's Pam from Pinelands has a, a question for you. Hello, Pam. Welcome to the show.
5: Hi, Rebecca and, and Wendy. Thank you for a wonderful show. Um, I um, haven't done anything yet. I have. Uh, I uh, bought spectacles four months ago. Um, they are very focal or multifocal, <clears throat> and uh, I find that um, I, I knew it would take time for me to get used to them. Um, but I, I still find I can't read uh, with the lower in. You know, the lower part of the of the spectacles. Mm. Have I any recourse to take them back and ask them to to redo or check them?
2: That's a very interesting scenario, Pam, and it it, um, it becomes an issue of are they defective, um, or is it a case of are we multifocals? And I have for a few years now, so I, I have a very first-hand experience of how off-putting they can be at first um mm. but we what would needed what would need to be established here was are you just battling to adjust in terms of angle of head and all that sort of thing or did they get the the um reading <laughs> focal range mm. wrong um, yeah. and and that i can't say was here nor can any other third party so they would have to be um established i mean you said you haven't approached them yet so that would be my first thing is to say please could you retest the reading range because uh, yes. you know, I've tried to adjust and I'm really holding my head still and holding the book in a in reasonable angle <laughs> I just can't focus so do you know what I'm saying? So I, I think it is it is it is possible that um, they might have just mis- got that slightly off um, I mm. wouldn't leave it. I mean how long have you been battling to, to use these specs? Well I
5: got them four months ago and this is my second oh, this is my okay. second pair. I'm actually wearing my old pair now because i Oh, can't, so you know, okay. So you're
2: it. not new to multifocals. I would no. say four months. Don't leave it any longer. You're within that um, golden CPA mm. six-month period. So yes, I, know. I would go I'm straight away. Yes. And I think I certainly I, I wrongly assumed it was your first um, experience of multifocals. So now that no. you've told me that it isn't, I would definitely go back and say you really just need to check. I, I'm not focusing, so I think it sounds now that I know That's that great. it sounds more like a defect yeah, rather distance, than you just.
5: The distance in the middle uh, section is fine. It's just the reading. I just thought that, uh, there was something wrong, and I was not getting. I was taking longer okay. to get used to it. But it no, it sounds long.
2: like not fit for purpose and not a, a, a case of you just not using the product properly. So I mm-hmm. said, so go back, okay, Pam, and. And if you've got the energy uh, or inclination, let us know how you I went. Will. Thank you. Okay. Yes, that would be great. And an expensive spend
1: it. too. Thank you, Pam. Yes. An expensive so multi-focals. spend. Yeah, multifocals. Yes. So definitely worth following up on that. And also not good for you if it is an incorrect um, No, setting. headaches and
2: all the rest. Exactly. Yeah. Um,
1: before we go to um, the next caller, we, we, we know you're waiting there, Tony. Just one SMS. Hi, ladies. Can you be charged a handling fee for returns that are open and used?
2: That's an interesting question as well. You could be charged a handling – it depends. You see she's failing – she's making the mistake in that question that both companies and consumers make by not saying whether it's a defective return or a non-defective return. Right. So if – if, if it's open and, and used, and, and, and in so doing, she discovered that um, the product was defective. And often companies will say, the dodgy ones will say, you can't return it because you've used it. And say, well, how could I know it was defective unless I used it? Mm. How ridiculous. Anyway, if it's a defective item... It doesn't matter whether it's open or used. She has the full um, CPA right so she can get to choose between a, a refund repair or a replacement. If, however, there's nothing wrong with the product, then they don't have to take it back at all and they'd be mad to take it back if she's used it because um, they have a right to resell the product. But um, just a note on a handling fee. yes, It is very common um, practice and quite justifiable given that companies don't have to take back Uh, non-defective goods at all. So, for example, if if people buy building supplies and they've overestimated how much they'll need tiles or cement or Mm -hmm. whatever... It's a, it's common practice for those companies to take the unopened products back, but to charge a handling fee because they have you know t- they've got to carry it and it's, yeah. you know what collected invoicing and, like and yeah. yes so that is th- and that is take it or leave it they don't have to take it back at all if they w- if they do take it back they get they have the right to impose whatever terms and conditions they like okay. but yeah so I don't know if the, if the person who left that can tell me whether it's defective or not but if it's if it is defective they can't deny you the right of return um, for a remedy if, if you've used the product, which many do try. Okay, let's go to the lines now. Tony in Seapoint, Point, a data question.
1: Hi, welcome to the show, Tony.
6: Hello, good afternoon.
1: Good afternoon. What's your question?
6: Um, early in June, before I went overseas, I bought a data package from a, a reputable um, cell phone company in Cape Town, um, one for my wife and one for myself at 1400 rand each um when i got to england i put in the the sim cards that they supplied me with and they didn't work both didn't work um i was forced to go and buy two new cards from england and when i came back i complained to the people and they said they would take it up and it's now nearly two to three months that they haven't come back to me um a, am I in my rights to to get the money back if it, if the package didn't work there?
2: Um, okay, Tony, did they give some... I mean, an order for... When I travel, I just have SMS only because I'm terrified of data costs. So mm. um, you obviously need to have roaming activated on your phones. Yes, correct. I'm just trying to establish whether it was a technical issue or what went wrong in that well, when, case.
6: When, when, I, when I go to London, I like to have... Data all the time um, yes. for phone calls and for data and for SMSs and everything. And um, so, what I did is I saw the, the, this advertised here in Cape Town and I bought it, and um, it, it seemed a quite a good deal.
2: When you bought it, this is important, did you tell the person you bought it from, the person that helped you, what you wanted the data for?
6: No, no, I, I just, they told me it was a data. Plus phone calls package, that I could make all my phone calls and use all my data in Europe and in South Africa, in, in Europe uh, and England.
2: So they okay. So then that's that is um, pretty much. Um, Say, stating that the product would be usable overseas, so
7: correct. I yes. can't
2: really fully answer. It could be just you know a um, a problem with the with the smartphone setting as opposed mm. to the data not being available. But are you now that you're back, were you able to use the data here? I no, like no, no, no. It it's, so it's expired. Only
6: Eng, it's only for England. It's oh,
2: specific. specific. I didn't mm-hmm. get that. Okay.
6: package. Just for Europe. I was going to
2: say why wouldn't you why wouldn't you buy it there? It's so much cheaper. Okay. It,
6: it is much cheaper but but I just wanted to be assured that that I would have data straight away as our Yes. In fact it, okay. it would have cost the, that same fourteen hundred Rand package would have cost me ten pounds in London.
2: <laughs> That's killing. Okay. Tony, um, as I say, I can't know whether it was just a problem with a smartphone setting, or whether it was the offering was um, not what you know, not what they claimed it would be. So, I'm going to ask you if you have the inclination to send me a an email, um, name the company you bought it from, and uh, give me an email address if you can, and I will take it up with them. Because if, if that offer is still um, ongoing, then you know it's important to know. Um, that consumers are going to be able to derive proper benefit from it and, and what they need to do in order to do that. So if you could do that, Tony, please, um, I'll, I'll get back to you.
6: Thank you very much. Okay.
1: okay. Thank you for your call, uh, Tony. And we go straight to Mac in Nerdhook. Um, you bought something online, Mac.
8: Yes, I bought something online. I bought Power Tools online. Uh, so what happened is um, uh, it was a stupid thing for me to do uh, because I, I, I bought I bought stuff on, on online before, and uh, it uh, it arrived at my address very very nicely, and no there was no problem. But for the second time, I bought, but it was a different online shop. Um, so what happened is, I bought stuff. Uh, they deducted money from my account, and um, I was waiting for it to come. So I was tracking all all all, all the way from 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 the time it was uh, from the time Adara bought it and up to the time that it was uh, here in South Africa so when it arrived here in South Africa it said it delivered to the office to the it, it is delivered to this um, delivery office so from there it was said to be misrouted uh, ah. so it when i when i when i checked what is misrouted i found out that it would have been gone the wrong way so After two days from that time, they said it was now in process again uh, of being delivered to me. So after two days, it was said it was in process. Then it was delivered back to the delivery office. So from the delivery office, it was then submitted for delivery. After, I think, three days from that time when it was uh, uh, misrouted, it was said to be delivered at my doorstep. But I didn't see anything. I didn't get anything. And now it's almost... um, it was said to have been delivered to my doorstep on the 1st of uh, July. Now it's in August, and I've never seen anything.
2: Okay. Okay. Mac, uh, when did you make payment for those power tools?
8: On the 25th of um, May.
2: 25th of May. With a credit card? Yes. Okay. With a
8: credit card, no, s- no, not a credit card, a debit card.
2: Ugh. Okay. With a credit card, you can uh, go to your bank that's issued the credit card and apply for chargeback and get your money back that way. It's one of the best um, – well, it's certainly the best benefit of a credit card to my mind because it gives you that protection mm. of knowing that you're going to get your money back if you don't get what you paid for. You don't have that protection with a debit card, unfortunately. Um Wh- when was your last contact with the company, and what justification have they given you for not delivering what you've paid for?
8: Uh, the the last time was uh, I think uh, the mid of uh, the mid of uh, July. July, yeah, mm-hmm. mid of July, and they said some other couriers uh, that are here in Africa or in South Africa, I don't know, they are dodgy. They 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 they, they use some other ways to to get my tracking number, then they change the, the information, then it is it is not in that way. Hmm.
2: Okay, so that sounds like quite dodgy to me. Yeah. In any way, they're responsible. If the courier that they have chosen to contract with um, has not delivered, then it's their responsibility. So I would suggest that you go straight into demanding a refund at this point. Um, and if you don't get it... Um, you're welcome to email me. I don't know they, uh, if they are just inefficient or a, a complete scam, um, but I would urge consumers to be very, very wary of uh, doing business with fairly obscure overseas um, online retailers. Mm. If you're going to do go overseas, stick with your Amazons and you know the ones that have a very hard-won reputation for customer service. Um, Because as you've discovered, the risks are massive. And how do you now go um, about tracking that company? And I mean, they could just disengage from you and that's the end of that. So um, and the other thing is, if you are going to use an unknown online retailer, one that you haven't used before and you're not sure of, please use a credit card. Because then at least you can get your money back if you if you um, don't get what you paid for.
8: I okay. went to my bank and they I went to my bank and then they told me that they are, they will charge me I think they said four hundred and fifty irregardless I get the money back or I don't get the money back. So that's where I just said to myself, No, I've lost I can't lose again because I think uh even if I go back there to my bank to say they can go ahead with the process, if they don't get the money back then it means I have lost uh, another four hundred again. Exactly,
2: yeah. No, if you if you welcome to email me so that I you know I like to know which sites are ought to be avoided. Uh, oops, oh dear. Okay, we we lost Mac Hopefully. there, but we're going to go Mac
1: straight to Jean in, in Greenpoint, uh, who has a question about a clothing item. Hello. Hi, Jean. What is your question? Hello.
7: Thank you so much. Um, it's it's I hope simpler than the previous one um, <laughs> <laughs> regarding um, a clothing item whether on a straight sale or on a sale or reduced item. Um, and one does not try it on, goes home, a suspicion it is a second or imperfect item, and also noted one of those plastic gizmos that has a T-bone thing on each side. You have to cut it to get it out of the fabric. Um, returned it having paid a on a debit card, and... Um, And the the salesperson agreed that the the cloth was um, inferior at that point of of this little gizmo. So was it, in fact, an imperfect item? Should they not declare it somewhere on the item or on the ticket? Um, I had no problem. As I had paid debit, they returned cash. Is this simply a courtesy to the customer, or what is the norm?
2: That's not quite as simple as you think, right? Sean. <laughs> um, because there are two issues there, sale and defective. So um, you, it sounds to me like you're saying they made it look like an ordinary markdown yeah. sale and with there many on the go at the moment, whereas in fact it was defective. But yeah. either way, um, so if it was a straight sale item and you um, had bought it and changed your mind, you wouldn't have the right of... Return, but they would normally have just um, credited you or let you exchange it. That's the normal response. But technically or legally, you would have had no right of return if that item was not defective. However, okay. if the item is defective, and it sounds like if that the little um, tag, plastic tag thingy had um, damaged the, the cloth, that is a defective item. And regardless of whether you bought it on a sale or not, you're entitled to a full refund. Uh-huh. Okay. okay. So the do fact, fact that... So do, sorry? Ideally, yes. If um, Well, for example, in Fa- Cape Town is full of factory shops, right? So to put a little um, indicator on every item would be a little bit um, onerous on the owners of those stores. So they may put up signs in the stores saying, please note, um, these are seconds or, you know, uh, mm. factory rejects or whatever. They don't normally use such... Um, raw language but they they can say defects may include snags m- um, discoloration, yeah, stains yeah, whatever yeah. they don't have to b- personally then you know that what kind of shop you're in and mm-hmm. then it's up to you to look at the item and you then you obviously couldn't take it back and say oh look um, there's a little run here mm-hmm. um, then you've, you've you've have you know you've know, you knowingly bought that item yeah. um, with some kind of defect yeah yeah
7: Oh, so one really has to be quite discerning. Exactly,
1: yeah. Yes, I'm afraid so. <laughs> thank, you. thank you. Thank you for your thank call, you. Jean. Uh bye we, bye. we go to Tracy now in Lakeside, who's got a, a debit order question. Hi, Tracy. Hi, hello. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Thanks for calling. What's your question? Right, mine's actually, it's it's been quite an issue that's happened for for more than a year now. So
0: every single month I have a 59 Rand debit order that comes off my account religiously and I have every single month contacted Nedbank um, I'm sorry, I don't know if I'm allowed to say the bank's name. I do apologize. No, it's,
2: yeah,
0: it's fine. Um, fine. It's fine. <laughs> um, and uh, every month, so basically in terms of the reference, the reference is identical every single month. I get told, no, it's a card. It's a, di- it's a direct, it's a debit debit order straight from the card. I then blocked the card over a year ago. I don't have the card in my possession. The card was lost Stolen, whatever. Um, however, this continuously comes off my account. Then I try to block and to stop the actual pivot order. I was charged 50 Rand a transaction for it in, in order for that to happen. So then, obviously, after three months, that stops. Um, I then forgot about it. I see that it still continuously comes off my account. I then call. They ask me to please lodge a complaint um, a, 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 to, to forward a letter of dispute. I then complete the letter, send it through. I got an email yesterday, a letter from the Bank stating, no, sorry, we cannot help you. We're therefore going to claim, we're going to close this claim. You need to take it up with a supplier. I get told I need to Google and find out who these people are. I Google um, what the anything that I can possibly find in terms of what that that reference is um, it is it is an insurance insurance base I then call these people give them my ID number they have no record of who I am I don't know who these guys are I then phone the bank again this morning um, I say okay can somebody please help me identify where this debit order is going who is the supplier where is this money going to I then get passed five times between mm. card division four division, Um, to be told, no, I need to block my card. My card's been blocked. I then go back to card division, at at, at least to, yeah, to to four division. Four division can't help me. They can't trace the debit order. I then after 27 minutes on the phone, get told, sorry, we can't help you. We can't stop your debit order. We don't know where your money is going. You need to take it to the ombudsman. And this is over two years. later.
3: And I realize, I mean, it's
0: only 59 Rand, but nobody can tell me where it's going. And I just I just feel it's sort of, you know, I've been, I, 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 I just, I feel it's quite... quite it's it's unfair. onerous mm-hmm. on you, mm-hmm. yes. Yes, it's absolutely. Whereas, you know, I'm going to the bank and the bank is the one, you know, they they yeah, authorising it. it.
2: Yeah.
0: Yes, absolutely. okay. Mm.
2: Thank so,
1: you. Thank so, you for the question.
2: Thanks, Tracy. They're, um Unauthorised debit orders are a, a major scourge. Um, although, <laughs> in truth, um of the disputed debit orders going through various South African banks are actually consumers using that um, as a means to make it through the end of the month. So it's a legitimate debit order and they're disputing it just to get some money back in their account. Um, That is the reality. But even with the 10% of legitimate ones, you're talking millions because of the numbers going through. And there is a new system coming in called Debit Check which will put a stop to consumers um, abusing the system the, the um, dispute system in order to get through the month. But having said that, what I'm going to su- suggest, Tracy, is that you send an email to the Payments Association of South Africa, which regulates all payment systems in this country, including the debit order system. Um, the email address is uh, very simple. It's parser um, at... Pa- oh, gosh, now that I've said that, I looked <laughs> it up. <laughs> Just a second. Um, yeah, parser at parser.org. I'll get back to you in a second. I don't want to give you the wrong... I'm not sure if it's at .org. Just one second. Um, Um, But they... Sorry, yes. PASA, P-A-S-A, at parser another P-A-S-A, .org, .za. And they actually uh, have the ability, if they get enough complaints about one particular company, they have the ability to blacklist them and stop them putting debit orders through any third-party processing company in the country. So I would suggest anybody that's had a rogue debit order do that so that they can get sufficient complaints about the rogues. Um, And they will also, to answer your main question of, of trying to find out who and where and what is doing this to you, they will also, if you give them the references and everything that is stated on your um, bank uh, statement, they will be able to trace who's actually getting your money through the third party payment person and, and get it stopped that way. So please do send that email, Tracy, and anyone else that's listening that ever gets a, a rogue debit order, um, as well as going to the bank. And sometimes instead of going to the bank, if the bank um, is proved unhelpful, as it would appear in this case, PASA is the authority to go to to actually get them, to, to get it stopped.
1: Yeah, very frustrating, a rogue uh, debit orders. Uh,
2: just maybe at this point, before we go to our next
1: caller, Wendy, uh, the numbers that you can, yes. yeah, for MTN and CELSI and, and all yes, those. Yes,
2: absolutely. I did get them during the break. So um, Vodacom, we'll start there because that was the caller's um, Query, S- yeah. You send an SMS, stop all, the word stop all, two words, to 31050. And they'd... You will um, the if you have any um, wasps draining money from your account or adding to your bill, you then have the ability to um, cancel them. With MTN, you dial star one three six star five hash, mm. and with Cell C, you dial star one three three star one hash. And then um, what happens? Do they check? Well, they do. Be able to see um, if you do have any, any of these um, rogue, uh, unauthorized wasps on your on your land attached to your number, and then you have the ability to challenge them and and um, report it. Basically, stop them. So mm. I would su- suggest that everybody gets into the habit of at least once a week mm. Just put a reminder on your cell phone <laughs> yeah. um, to go in and check. Um, It's a much deeper issue than that because you need, I mean, ideally you want to challenge your cell phone network and the WASP to say, where's the mandate? How did I agree Mm -hmm. to this? Because I didn't. Um, but that is a uh, not for the faint heart that no. process because it's just that they fob off and fob off and fob off. So if but you didn't
1: catch the, those numbers, we'll put them up on the website um, for later um, if you need to check them out later. Stop all um, to stop all those rogue um, debits that you that you're finding on, at the end of your cell phone bill. Uh, we've got a question now that we want to go to. Um, in it's Cat in Cape Town. Oh, I think we lost Cat. Did we lose Cat, Obi? Yeah. Yeah, we lost cat. It was a it was a question referring to post offices not delivering parcels. Um, what right do you have there?
2: Well, that's a bit of an open ended question yeah. because if parcels are over a certain size, then you need to go in and collect them, and so that would apply to most parcels. Uh, when when you said the word post offices, I thought you were going to refer to the question that I'm getting mostly about. The post office, uh, apart from parcels from overseas not coming in a timely uh, fashion, and that is that in recent months, I think seeing the uh, the rise in online um, purchasing from overseas, um, they've imposed a clearance fee. So in every item you order, depending on the size, you're paying in the region of 25 rand or 50 rand. And that's upsetting a lot of people because they're saying, well, the postage was paid by the sender. I'm I now paid to collect, but they say that they can and they are. But as for not delivering, uh, as I say, they... They don't deliver unless it's a really, really small little packet thing. Okay. Here's a quick one before we, we, we have to wrap up. Um,
1: please advise, Wendy, about a very expensive home security system, Shutter Doors, installed by a reputable company, which have been faulty since installation in December last year. They've tried to repair them and make them actually work properly twice already but have failed and I have been badgering them. What are my rights?
2: Well, um she, did, did the did they say how when this installation happened? End of uh, December last year. Okay, so that's out of CPA now. But um, I'd hazard a guess that the, they raised the issue well within that original um, six month CPA warranty period, um, the companies have one chance to repair. So they don't get to re-repair and re-repair. At this point, to cut a long story short, she's. It sounds to me. If they've acknowledged that there's a problem, they're entitled to a refund, which they don't want to do because the company's going to have to come and uninstall. But legally, she's entitled to a refund. Okay. All right, Wendy. We have to unfortunately say goodbye to you. Thanks
1: once again. We've, of course, got lots of SMSs that we will save for for next Wednesday. Thank you for your time. And we'll see you again next Wednesday. Lovely. Thanks, Bianca. Bye-bye.